разве можно сделать лучше? It's your girl Olivia. In the current revolutionary times we are living in, we are watching varying entities try to alter our minds, our behaviors, and our realities. And as a result, it is more important than ever for all of us to cultivate the spirit of discernment. Hence the birth of this series. In the next four episodes, I am joined by some of the most incredible people to discuss everything from PSYOP to mind control to political education to navigating your intuition and living in your authentic self. Ultimately, what we want to know is, What's real and what's fake? Today, I am here with my two most real friends. I asked them to join me on this episode where we're talking about discernment, keeping it real, spotting out the fakes, the frauds, the phony bullshit. Because I feel like we keep it real, y'all. Like, I feel like we keep it no, real. I agree with that. Like, Definitely. before we get into it, um, y'all can go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, guys. My name is Phoebe. Um... I'm friends with Olivia from school. We went to school together. Uh, we went to undergrad together. Um, and we lived together for a summer. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how we became really, really close. Summer, it, it was, was so a good fun. one. It was pretty chaotic. <laughs> it was a good one. Because I feel like I'm never going to be able to live that lifestyle ever again. No, yeah. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. I'm Asti. I've been friends with Olivia since sophomore year of high school. Or maybe it was junior year of high school. We've been friends for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Livia yeah. and I have shared many, many, many life milestones together, so I'm excited to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you to be here. And it's crazy because, like, I've known Asti y'all for, like, seven, seven years, yeah. And I've known Phoebe for, like, three, but it feels like I've known both of you for, like, so much longer. Like, literally, like, so much longer. But anyway. It does feel way so- longer than three years. No, it feels way longer. Today, we're going to be talking about discernment in terms of just, like, life. Like, just, like, navigating life and being able to discern between what is for you, what is not, what is real versus fake, what is the truth, and what is a lie. Um, so, I I invited y'all to here today because I think of you both as my most real friends. Like, my most, like, cut the bullshit friends. If I needed someone to be, like yo like this is really what's up like it would be one of y'all so I'm gonna ask y'all what does it mean to like keep it real or like if someone tells like oh for example if I describe y'all as like real people like what do you guys what does that mean to you I think it's about like being grounded and being comfortable with yourself and I I think it's easy to say but I think a lot of people aren't actually comfortable with themselves um and I'm like not saying this to be like braggy in any sort of way but I do feel like I'm very no, very, very comfortable Phoebe, you brag. <laughs> Phoebe you're a brag y'all she's see this is the thing that she's trying to pretend for y'all like oh I'm not trying to be bra- bitch no I am I this am, is, I am. <laughs> don't be acting brand new for the listeners don't be acting brand new for the listeners no you're so right I feel like I'm just very comfortable in myself and I feel like a lot of people just aren't at that level and part of like coming across as a real person is just like as corny as it sounds, is like living your truth mm-hmm. and also like understanding yourself and like really understanding yourself and not just like your self projection of yourself. Right. Um, right. And obviously, like that's, that's like I'm I'm not like at full a hundred percent like understanding of myself, but I feel like I at least acknowledge, like I like, I mean I I I think about a lot of things like we do this a lot of Olivia mm-hmm. like with, we like to digest and analyze mm-hmm. things and like I like to analyze things like in my own life and like, outside of my life mm-hmm. and I feel like that's given me like a very particular lens of like viewing myself and the world um and I think that's like the first step in like the idea of like being real and being able to discern what's real in other people it's crazy because like we've also talked about this extensively you can tell when people aren't being living in their truth and people aren't being honest with themselves when people aren't giving you authenticity and we'll probably get into it later in this episode into like maybe like how you can tell or whatever but like baby girl who are you trying to fool because at the end of the day like lie to yourself but don't lie to other people because like 
No, definitely. I was just going to say, I feel like the other part of it is like working hard to not, to try your best to not be like reactionary and to not react to things that like in a, from like an, like a reactionary or emotional standpoint and to try to like react to like events in your life, other people like perceived like wrongdoings or et cetera, like in a like grounded and logical way. And once you like start Mm -hmm. from there, I feel like you're on the path to being more like real or maybe like just more authentic even. yeah more authentic and i think like even like understanding yourself means you can also pinpoint and understanding your biases means you can pinpoint when this is coming from my biases this is coming from my emotions this is coming from my whatever exactly because i feel like when you say like oh don't be reactionary try to be more logical people are like people may be like well i can't help it like I feel some type of way about this. I feel some type of way about that. That's fine. You can feel some type of way about whatever. But you need to acknowledge that, like, I'm doing this because I feel some type of way about this. Completely. Like, Like, obviously, you can't control your emotional reaction to things. But it's, like, your actions mm -hmm. beyond that. Like, your your second reaction to your initial reaction and how you control that. And just recognizing when you're... Like, what, recognizing your biases. Like, that's, like, I think, the, honestly, the biggest thing. Which requires, like, serious self-introspection. It requires, like, you to, to take category of who you are, right? Because how would you know your biases if you don't know who you are? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are scared of their biases because people don't want to, like, perceive themselves as flawed or perceive right. themselves as something. No one ever way, wants but... to admit they're wrong, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was go- just going to, mm-hmm. like, go off of what Phoebe said about, you know, it's really about knowing yourself so that you can understand like your place in the world and how and then you understand like why people act the way that they do and and things like that Mm -hmm. um the biggest thing is definitely being honest with yourself and being open-minded about again your biases because two truth can exist and Olivia we talked about Mm -hmm. this a lot you know like the duality of everything right like how Mm -hmm. how you can feel Mm -hmm. one thing but the other thing can still be true even though it's a very mm-hmm. com- complicated thing. And so, again, mm-hmm. um, is very real. the duality of things. So I think that being, like, authentic and being real or whatever you want to call it, it really comes down to knowing your values but also being open to change and being open to, um, to like, new ideas because, you know, you're constantly changing. Like, we don't truly really know ourselves fully just yet so mm-hmm. like you can never be done with mm-hmm. with learning that and I guess like in on that note like let's talk about a time when like you felt like you weren't being real like you felt like you were being phony and like how you navigate that we said we're real people okay let's talk about times when we were phony and times when we were fake okay well for me <laughs> for me it was during my you know undergrad days I was like attending a PWI like both you guys um, but I was really mm-hmm. unhappy there and I ended up just hanging out with the wrong crowd and I just, um, anything they did, I did. I was hanging out with people whose values didn't align with my own and I felt mm-hmm. that I had to stay because if not, I would be alone in that town and by alone, I mean like absolutely no friends and the surrounding people would be, well, mm-hmm. white people, which Mm-hmm. it's it's a it's very jarring to go from like a very diverse high school and then being thrown into PWI because at this point we're all adults now like there is no one like no teacher to yeah I mean and also like and also like keep it real you didn't want to be in Yeehawville exactly I didn't like, want to be literally. in Yeehawville there was so like, many factors I didn't want to be in the college like, I was at I didn't want to be in the city I was at like I had such a hard time making friends and then the few friends I did find they turned out to be um, not the greatest friends I, I, I could have had. Mm-hmm. So it was a really, really hard time for me. And when I say I wasn't being real, like I was pretending like, oh, because I hang around with these people so much, like this, this has to be my family, this has to be my community. When really they were draining the hell out of me, I didn't know who I was for mm-hmm. a solid three, four years, I would say. And um, to this day, I really think that like that whole time I was there, I was just so confused and so lost. And again, I was just going off mm-hmm. of what I was acting off of what everyone else was doing because I thought that that was that was it. I think about a time that I haven't kept it real, and like I oftentimes think about like situations in where like I feel like 
I'm just too much for the situation and I like like kind of like shrink myself or for example like Phoebe and I would always talk about this like when we were undergrad like we think we are the baddest bitches to like walk the face of the earth and I fully believe that and I know it's true as we should right as everyone should and and there's been I feel like a lot of situations especially also going to PWI especially also like being surrounded by people where I don't think it's like exactly the same as you all seeing that like I lost who I was but like I definitely felt like you know like oh, like, you can't speak, like, it's not your place, because, yeah, whatever, when it's, like, bitch, like, if anybody should be speaking, it, it should, should be me, because I have the best things to say, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. and, like, stuff like that, where I really let, like, other people, it, I really let other people dictate my words, right, exactly. and that is, like, I think, like, very important to discernment, because, like, if anybody, or any situation, or any whatever, is making you start acting, like, basically, for lack of a better word, how you don't act, that should be cause for question. Like, that should raise some red flags. Like, first of all, like Phoebe said, know who you are, period. Mm -hmm. And then if you know who you're you're this, and situations, entities, like, groups, whatever, are making you, like, be distant from that, like, that is when the discernment needs to kick in. Right. It's really interesting to me because I feel like Mike's, like, my experience is a little opposite because I didn't grow up in a super diverse like town or area. Um, and I grew up in a, like a very, very, very white, like wealthy white, like wall street, um, town. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think it was one of those things where going into college, even though like we went to a PWI, obviously I would never consider myself to be like whitewashed, but I definitely recognize like our experiences in high school are very different. Like all of my high school friends are pretty much like all, all white, um, everyone I knew mm-hmm. from high school was pretty much all white. Like, I'm still really close to a lot of my high school friends. Um, and like, they're all like, everyone in my town is white. Um, and something that I like realized, like, a little bit into freshman year, there was some like internalized racism going on. Like, I definitely felt that. Mm-hmm. And I felt that especially like in freshman fall, when like, my roommate, like she would hang out with like, all, she like all her friends that she made at school were also like all Asian. Um and there was part of me that, like, that made me really uncomfortable. Like, I didn't want to hang out with them in the mm-hmm. beginning. I was just, like, not used to that kind of mm-hmm. environment. And I was, like, this is, like... Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because it's, like, how could that, like, okay, yeah. Yeah. And it, it was definitely something, like, um, like, we, like, I had this conversation with her freshman year where she was telling me how, like, because she grew up in this, like, all-Asian all town and all her friends from home are Asian she doesn't feel super comfortable around white Mm -hmm. people and I feel like for me because that's Mm -hmm. that's the environment I grew up in like sometimes like I do like I do feel really really comfortable around white people and not that I feel I think I'm just like going throughout college and like being friends really good friends with my roommate and like meeting meeting a lot more like really close friends who were like Asian and having like groups of friends who were Asian like really made me realize like how much more comfortable it is to be friends with like POC than it is to be friends with like there's always a certain level of understanding and a certain just like level of authenticity that white people can never reach like in in, in relationships with POC I think like there's there's always like mm-hmm. no matter yeah like no matter how like politically woke or no matter how like great of people they are and I and I still have some really really close friends who are white um there's just like a certain level of something that every single POC will have over that white person no matter how close you are to them and there's Mm -hmm. a certain level of like understanding Mm -hmm. and also just like Mm -hmm. the non-judgmental aspect and the cultural aspect like just the lack of culture that white people have is like something that really affects I think their experience with the world no but like that's what I was gonna say like about white people and honestly even like about discernment and authenticity and and authenticity like I really think that there is a limited like capacity of white people to understand the POC experience and and when we say we always say like oh no shade to white people no shade to white people or honestly I'm just gonna keep it real to understand the human experience. I really think that white people are limited in their in, in their understanding of the human experience because that is what white supremacy does. Like when you are an oppressor, it is also a dehumanizing thing to oppress people. And when you're an oppressor, like you have no identity beyond like oppressing people. Mm-hmm. That is what your identity now is. And so that is a very dehumanizing thing. And 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 white people don't understand that that happens regardless of, of if you consent to that or not. 
right? Like whether you are actively racist or not, or you you fucking say your anti-racist pledges five times a day, um, white supremacy works in a way that it weaponizes your whiteness in order to proliferate the project of white supremacy. So it's not enough to just be like anti-racist. Like you have to be anti-white. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. and, and I know myself, and the, and the thing is like, I feel like as POC women, we know what like Phoebe was talking about. We know how internalized white supremacy works because we've experienced it. And for our own survival, for our own well-being, for our own authenticity, we have had to interrogate and root that out in order to whatever. And so you mean to tell me that that white bitch over there is also doing that same thing? Like what? Like, no, because like, why would you, we, we know what internalized white supremacy is and then how much more as a white, a white person, you, have inter- you definitely have internalized white supremacy. Because if I have it, you have it times 10. Oh, 100%. And so you mean to tell me that, and you, you mean and to tell me that. And your grandmother. <laughs> exactly. And so you mean to tell me that you're doing that work to undo that white supremacy? Because I know what that work looks like because I did it. I had to do it for my own survival, for my own self-love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, like, this conversation reminds me, I think a couple months ago when you tweeted um, that you just are better friends and get along better with POC who are more in touch with their culture. And I think that's yeah, like a really I remember that. point because I think yeah. part of like understanding how we as people living in the Western world, like living in America, interact with white supremacy is like it, it part of it is being more in touch with your culture, whether like your first mm-hmm. gen or whatever, however many generations. Mm-hmm. And like the idea like just culture and especially mm-hmm. like non Western cultures and interacting with them more mm-hmm. and embracing them more, it's like a huge part of like living your authentic self because like that is who mm-hmm. we are as people who you like, are exactly yeah. that's the point exactly mm-hmm. because like and the reason why i tweeted not just poc like i get more along with poc but specifically poc that are in touch with their culture is because what you were saying internalized white supremacy there are so many people walking there are so many poc walking around moving just like the whites moving just like like that are essentially upholding white supremacy. It's not, not enough to just be POC. Like you have to understand like whiteness, how it moves, how it operates, not just so you can understand the whites. Shit, who gives a fuck about them? So you can understand yourself in relation to them. Exactly. I tweeted a while ago, I was like, I think that the reason why POC understand white people better than they understand themselves is because like they need specifically black yeah. people to define themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, what is whiteness if not anti-blackness? What is whiteness if not defined by pillaging the global South? Like, what are they beyond that? Yeah. Right? No, exactly. Like, what is their history? What is their culture? What is whatever? And so that's why I feel like when we when it comes to being authentic, when it comes to knowing yourself, we, which we talked about as, like, important to, like, discernment, um, white people, you'll have to put in overtime because it's not looking too easy for y'all. Yeah. Godspeed. <laughs> um, y'all be easy, though. Y'all be yeah. easy, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is something I think about a lot, especially because, like I said, like, I grew up in such a white town. I mean, I don't feel like I've ever been particularly, like, not in, to- in touch with my culture. Like, my parents are, like, immigrants. They came here. Like, we always, like, lived very Chinese lifestyles, like, inside the house. Mm-hmm. But it's still something that, like, I was really grappling with, like, when I first came to college was, like, I really had a lot of internalized racism and like a lot of like internalized white supremacy when it came to just like being around POC and just like feeling like oh like I don't want to be perceived as like one of those Asians or like one of those Mm. like whatever and that was something like Mm. I mean I definitely felt that and like I think part of like becoming more of like an authentic person and more my authentic self was like recognizing that inside me and like realizing that that was like fucked up and that I need mm-hmm. like that was something that I needed to address with them like obviously mm-hmm. like that was an emotion that was, <laughs> it was like a visceral reaction um yeah but I like really needed to like break that down and like think about break it and that like, down. Of, like self-introspection and and it's so crazy Phoebe because I'm thinking about one person in specific and I feel like you'll know exactly what I'm thinking about and also you've also met them like about like now it's probably easy for you to point out like Asian people that feel that same way about like oh like those kind of Asians or like Asian people Mm -hmm. that aren't like in touch with their authentic Mm -hmm. like self and 
it's probably easier now that you've like experienced like that you've had that growth that you've had that whatever which goes to what I was saying earlier about like how do you know like how do you figure out how do you discern between people that are living their authentic self you live your authentic self and once you live your authentic self you can spot when other people aren't because you just went through the journey you just went through the transformation you just went through the whatever you just went through the self-reckoning so like of course it's gonna be 10 times easier to spot when people are giving you the bullshit no you're totally right it is like it's definitely something that like now that that's something that I have recognized in myself and I recognize that it is like it just I, I interact with the world completely differently and I also recognize it and I feel like a lot more Asian people and especially like the like handful of Asian people who I'm like friends with from my high school who I knew like I can definitely recognize like there's a lot of internalized racism in people and even sometimes like and people I'm like in like younger in like younger kids so I'm like okay I know mm. you probably haven't had as like much interaction with the world and like as much mm. like like brain awakening and like you still have time mm. and like it's early but it is something that it's like I don't know I feel like sometimes it, it makes me come across as like more like aggressive nowadays mm-hmm. because like it's something that I recognize and I see and I'm like I'm not really like here I'm not really here to like hear that <laughs> when POC will be dating white people like we me and Phoebe will like make comments like bro like we know this is coming from like a very like self self-hatred place and like this is not to say that every interracial mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. like is premised on self-hatred from the POC right but the interracial relationships we've seen <laughs> a handful I mean I think there's a difference in like you know a POC and an inner and an interracial re- relationship with like a white significant other and then being a POC and actively seeking out someone that is white, someone right. that is Caucasian. That's and true. I know many and P- a handful of POC who those... will say things like, oh, I can never date another Asian person, or I can never date like another yeah. blah, 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 X, whatever I am, like person. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. people say that, like full, like, like bare ass out. People say with that. No consequences, yeah. Right, right. What they're not realizing is they're saying, like, oh, I'm other. I'm the other. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not like them. And they're not like me. I'm better, is what you're saying. Basically, when you say, I could never date another Asian person, I could never date whatever race you are and it's also just like you look dumb because it's like you're literally like you're literally carrying you're literally white supremacy's foot soldiers literally because like when we talk about like the like i don't want to date asian men is it not a testament to how white people have demasculinized asian men when you say i don't want to date black men is it not um, a testament to the way white supremacy has like painted black men as aggressive as like um violent as whatever it's all it's all white supremacy. It's all white supremacy, y'all. 100%. So you really think you really think that you really think you're doing something if not looking dumb, and then you want us to look at you and not discern you as a fraudulent person, and and not discern that you are a fraudulent person or that you are not an authentic person. I was just gonna say, like, I especially when I think it's really, really, really difficult for a white person to be in a relationship with a non-white person and not have it be of like a fetish a fetishized relationship in some way i completely like, really 100% think for, that 100% yeah like exactly it's tokenized really like i mean just because there's that like gap in understanding of like culture and the human experience that like white people like just lack i think mm-hmm. there's a lot mm-hmm. of i mean there are obviously like great white people i do think like in a, a relationship context it's really hard to, for like a white person to have the authenticity and to get to that place where like they're fully not tokenizing and fetishizing their significant other. And I'm actually really curious what mm-hmm. your like your guys' experiences with this because I was talking to my sister recently mm. about um, specifically with like white men who have yellow fever. So so yellow fever is just like white men who like really like sexualize fantasize fetishize asian women because asian women are like seen as like docile like sexual like submissive like submissive. good wives whatever whatever like etc and so like 
there's I mean, there's a lot of white men who are like really really attracted to Asian women and like only date mm-hmm. Asian women or like date a lot of Asian women and I feel like that's something where or we'll go like, to Asia to get women that's oh, yeah. like a big exactly 100% and there's just something mm-hmm. that I've noticed is that I like and maybe because I am an Asian woman I mean probably because I am an Asian woman but also because I have really good radar because I feel like I'm really good at analyzing and like discerning again authenticity mm-hmm. and like other people mm-hmm. there are times like when I meet someone for the very first time there's been many many times and I I'm oh, I was, I've been with you when it's happened I've been I with you when it's happened immediately I'm like, <laughs> like I don't even need to know who this person has dated before I know he has yellow fever and mm-hmm. I have been right a hundred percent of the time like oh. I there, it just feels <laughs> feeling and like I just I mean you just get this feeling sometimes it's just like the way that they look at you or the way that they act mm-hmm. and sometimes it's, it's even like more concrete things it's like okay like they're telling me about like how they've been like learning Japanese and Chinese and like all blah blah blah, blah all this stuff like and you're like okay like, <laughs> I, I, I I get where you're coming from now but I I do feel like it's mm-hmm. something where like, <laughs> I, like I have never been wrong and like I I will I, I will <laughs> by saying like I tend to be like a kind of judgmental person and there are times that I'm like not hundred percent correct, but like, I do feel mm-hmm. like I have a really good like judge, like first. No, you do. That's why I asked you to be in this episode. You do have a good judgment of character. Yeah. That's why I'm this episode. And like, it's just, I'm thinking, I have probably talked to you about this, Olivia, but I'm thinking about a very mm-hmm. specific person. Um, yeah. From our, yeah. Okay. Yeah. From our, our school. Mm-hmm. And like, the very first time I met him, like, I had never met him before. I had, like, no idea who he was, didn't know who he dated, blah, 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 all this stuff. And, like, immediately, mm-hmm. just very uncomfortable vibes. Like, mm-hmm. I could just tell immediately. And I feel like I get that vibe from, like, 95 And he was a white man. Of, and he was a white man, yes. And then later mm-hmm. on, like, a couple weeks later, I found out that, like, every single girlfriend he had has been yeah, Asian. He's, like, learning Asian. Chinese. When, like, obsessed when he brought with China, Asia. Obsessed with Asia, Literally. yeah, all this stuff. And not only obsessed with Asia, like, obsessed with also, like, being, like, like anti-China and, like, all this stuff, which is, like, mm-hmm. a whole other problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like that's, like, a common, like, thing that I, like, am really able to tell. So that makes me think about, like, how much of discernment is just, like, having a thorough understanding of yourself, of the world, of whatever, and being able to, like, spot whatever, and how much of it is literally just, like, knowing shit for example like because yellow fever stems from white men's love of power control and domination and they see asian women as people that can be um controlled and dominated right so for me right like i completely got the same vibes from that man too you're you're you probably have like stronger radar for obviously like as an asian woman but like any man that like is with, like, a docile woman that, like, has very clear power control and domination issues. It's like, come on, like, I don't need God to come down and tell me that this person probably has fetishization issues. Like... Uh-huh. No, completely, exactly. And it's one of those things where, like, it makes me wonder, like... I mean, it makes me really sad for the women that they're dating in that, like, I feel like sometimes it's really clear to other people that there's some kind of tokenization going on in this relationship and for POC women like whether they're Asian or not whatever to like degrade themselves in such a way to be with these like white Mm -hmm. men who often are like Mm -hmm. really like bottom of the barrel white men like that's the thing (laughs) yeah there's actually a word for that too and I don't remember where I heard it from but it was um some Asian women talking about this term about white men who do these things, white men who come to Asian countries in order to find like an Asian bride or whatever. And it's something along the lines of, oh, he's like UBH. And you're like, what's that? And they go ugly back home. So basically he's a 10 in Thailand because he's white, but back home. No, completely. And there are like fully these like POC women mm -hmm. who are like, these Asian women who are like, oh, I'm not going to date another an Asian. I would never date an Asian man. 
And then, like, the next day, you are dating uh-huh. literally the ugliest white man I have ever seen in my entire life. Exactly. And, like, the <laughs> same thing happens, like, for all POC women. Like, literally, like, black women, we see the same thing. Like, um, Latinx women, we see the same thing. It's, like, and I think it's a testament to internalized white supremacy. And I feel like if internalized white supremacy is influencing your dating choices, you are not living an authentic life. No, completely. Because and I, and I how are you going to have values that are literally against your best interest. You're going to have internalized white supremacy. They want you dead, bitch. No, exactly. They want you to die. Another, back to the whole um, topic of, like, control and, like, how that's how white men see, you know, Asian women or um, POC women. I think about, like, the language barrier a lot. And it's not just, like, oh, like, she doesn't speak English. Whatever language it is, it's, like, how do you truly com- communicate your feelings? Like, how do you truly communicate your thoughts when you're fully speaking English and she's out here like smiling and nodding, smiling and nodding. I'm not saying it's not possible to like be in a happy, stable, whatever relationship with someone who doesn't speak the same language. I'm just saying, I'm looking at you kind of funny when you're asking your girlfriend like fucking essay questions and she's like giving you two word answers. Like what is that relationship about? And you're okay with that. A lot of times, it's not really a choice that they're like aware that they're making because it's fully internalized white supremacy, exactly. or like they don't really even have the autonomy. And I totally get that, but sometimes I'm just like, girl, like, come on, get it together, like, get it together. Literally. Like, not to rag Literally. on you, but like to rag on you a little bit, like mm-hmm. from one woman to another, like another exactly, like, come on, like the girls are taking L's, we're taking L's, come on, you can't do that. How do you guys think um, social media plays a role in our ability to discern, our ability to decide, like, what's real versus fake and stuff like that? And especially as it relates to people and and actions, too. Yeah, I mean, I think social media makes it a lot trickier because everything about social media is, like, a presentation of yourself to the world. Like, even if, like... Curated. yeah, it's all it's all curated curated because mm-hmm. you're choosing what you put. Even if like, I mean, obviously there's some some people have more curated feeds than other people, and some people are like mm-hmm. really working to project a certain image that might be very far from what they are like in real life. And like with other people, it's less far, but it still is a certain curated image. It's still, um, and it's definitely because in any point, because like at if, in anything where you have to choose and decide what goes and what doesn't, because you can't put your whole life. That's curation. That's what curation is. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes I think mm -hmm, about, like, I wonder, because, I mean, I, obviously we're talking about authenticity. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty mm -hmm. authentic person. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've been told by people before, like, oh, like, you don't, like, your Instagram is kind of different from how you are in real life. And I definitely think Mm -hmm. sometimes, like, okay, like, maybe, yeah, like, I do post things that are kind of, like, weird. Or, like, I do post things. I'm, like, maybe I'm, like, not as... That's interesting. Because I don't think your Instagram is at all different from how you are in real life. Interesting. Well, I've been... I think that, I think that it's, I think it's different from, obviously, your front-facing persona. Like, as, like, a medical student, as, like, whatever, (laughs) as, like, just whatever. But, like, as, like, somebody that can, like, be professional, someone that, like, works in professional settings. But um I don't think it's <laughs> yeah I mean I, I, I don't agree think with it's you, like different I, from how I, you are I feel like my social media at is all authentic to, to how like I want to interact with that platform like obviously my Instagram is like I'm not like out here every day like posting my like everyday life on Instagram and like mm-hmm. how I interact like on a normal day like whatever like I'm mm-hmm. posting things that like I enjoy and things that like I mm-hmm. like want to post and things that like bring me Bring, bring me joy and I do feel like it, it it's authentic to myself but I also like I mean I think it's one of those things where like social media is inherently curated and when like like this was a really really close friend who told me this like someone I've been I've known since I was like nine years old and mm-hmm, I was like that's really interesting mm-hmm. because obviously like, my interaction with him like he knows me in a certain like setting he knows me in a certain way mm-hmm. and that's obviously not like necessarily how I come across in like Instagram or Twitter it could be really different like mm-hmm. you're posting specific aspects of yourself but I don't think that's necessarily, like, inherently inauthentic. Because, like, mm-hmm. like I said, like, everything about social media mm-hmm. is curated. You're not live streaming 24-7. And also, like, you have to also realize someone that has known you since you were nine has seen many inter- iterations of you. And sometimes their perception of you is not exactly the latest update. Like, it's yes. just not. No, you're you know what I mean? right. 
and that and 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 that's like the beauty of knowing someone for a long time you get to see their evolution and their transformation but sometimes like when people don't grow with you or people don't see that transformation like they don't exactly have like you know yeah and I think like um, I kind of get that a lot because like I think for some people like I'm not an easy person to fit into a mold like I mean like mm-hmm. I like grew up in I was a gonna say. white town I like have always done really well in school did really well in college did really well in high school I'm like starting med school but also at the same time like I don't think I fit into the specific like into the very particular mold that people have in their minds about like med students pre-med students uh just like and I think that's why we became really good friends honestly yeah because I think that's like how we're really similar like we don't like we can really really do it all like that's just a tea like we can do exactly. anything that we want like that's just yeah. the tea. No, I can and be I cool think, like, and be a med student. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it got me thinking about like, how do you think insecurity plays into like living your authentic self, and also into the way you perceive other people and the way you perceive yourself. For all three of us, like people have told us, like you're intimidating. You're intimidating, right? And that's honestly one of my favorite things about y'all, honestly. Um, and I think. Obviously, sometimes that's very coded as, like, women, as, like, women of color. But I think that also is a testament to, like, living authentically and living, like, freely and, like, living whatever. And, like, the way that that almost, in a way, like, unsettles people. And so, like, they obviously call it intimidation, even though, like, I don't even think that's the accurate word for it. But Yeah, I definitely, like, I 100% agree, like, 200% agree, I think, like, confidence and insecurity have a lot to do with how authentic you come across to other people because I think when you're insecure and obviously people can't help it when they're insecure but it like other people can read that and you're not like it's not something that you can hide very easily like it comes across and it's pretty plain especially especially on like things like social media yeah and I think this is something that's particularly interesting about our generation like if we go back like 10 plus years ago like because we were kind of growing up as social media was becoming more of a thing and like like Facebook Instagram obviously when we were like in middle school but also like Tumblr like Twitter like all these sorts of things and I think we grew up in a time where a lot of parents also didn't really know how to like control or monitor or like limit children's internet access and so I mean, and children are inherently more insecure because they have, like, you haven't quite grown into yourself and, like, realized who you are yet. And I think something that's really interesting about our generation is a lot of people's, like, insecurities were broadcasted permanently onto the internet for forever. And so, like, I mean, uh, like, my my friend, like, like internet, like, Instagram famous, like, friend, like, she, like, from, like, early high school, like, was, like, posting these, like, photos on Instagram and, like, was becoming, like, kind of, like, a really, really, like, niche internet celebrity. And, like, part of that was because she was really insecure and, like, didn't really have any friends at all in high school and, like, was bullied quite a lot, like, and, like by people she knew in real life. And then was using, like, Instagram as a way to... Like, find your prove. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that's... And when we think about, like, all the people, like, I mean, I'm sure you guys probably had similar things, but, like... Yik Yak and Ask FM and all those things where people like would just ask people to essentially like tell them pick out their like (laughs) yeah like Ask FM you make your profile and you're like okay ask me anything and you're asking people to like dude they fucking bullied the shit out of me on that Ask FM they literally (laughs) yeah because like when it's anonymous like there's always exactly platforms like Tumblr Ask FM whatever we're like you're asking people to, like, pick at what, like, they perceive to be your faults. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, what a time to grow up. And, like, what a way to, like, either, mm-hmm. like, grow out of your insecurity or, like, become more... More cemented in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially Ostia, I feel like we've talked about this a lot, like, about friendships and, like, discernment and, like, what it means to, like, cultivate real relationships, especially society where... People, everything is not how it seems like there's a lot of curation happening there's a lot of like insecurities happening and the insecurities mean there's a lot of projection happening there's a lot of fraudulency happening like how do you cultivate real friendships you really have to think 
sometimes when you're hanging out with someone or like someone you claim to be your friend like is this a surface level friendship or is this like a true friendship like is this like is there depth some kind of spiritual bond because think about it if you're hanging out with someone and you're like grabbing lunch or whatever and all you can talk about is work your last shopping trip and I don't know like your dog how good the food is Is how how good the food is like you can do that with anyone you can do that with a co-worker I can do that with any other bitch like exactly you can do that with so you can you can have you can hire someone to do that and it, it'll be the same thing <laughs> <laughs> it'll really? be the same thing and so and so what is it like are you gonna have audition on auditions on who wants to be your friend yeah. like who wants to have exactly. lunch with me who's the most interesting person but I think like um back to the whole thing it's important now more than ever because you are building your community and your community is so reflective on who you are as a person and if the people in your community are just surface level then then like that's inauthentic yeah I think the phrase Mm -hmm. that you use like building Mm -hmm. your community is like so relevant because I think intentionality has everything to do with it because I mean more people than you think live their lives without any intention like think about how many people you know and just like exactly. just like as acquaintances or as good friends just causing the machine yeah, who just, just exactly float through, just float through like, life like they're friends with like their co-workers they're friends with just drifters, whoever they're drifters. friends with like just whoever happens to be around them and whoever happens to be there and like whoever they happen mm-hmm. to meet um and it's really just like living without any intention and actually a lot of people do that because it's easy like you don't really have to reckon with yourself you don't really have to have any sort of like self-reflection you don't really need to care if you even like your friends that much I mean think about all the people who like shit talk their friends all the time like can't stand their friends and I think a lot of it is like too many people are just willing to accept that in life because people are scared of what it means to live their life fully authentically and like what also scared of what it means to like Mm -hmm. potentially like only have like two good friends instead of having like a group a group of 10 people who you semi-hate that's what you were saying at the beginning Austin. right so it's like just remember that just because you've been friends with someone for a long time that doesn't make them mm-hmm. your close friend because what do they know about you and what do you know about them what is the substance of the relationship that is You're like right like what friend. is the substance? That is like, what is what is the connection over because mm-hmm. if you just want to talk to me about clothes like babe i can go on zara.com and look at reviews or whatever like, exactly <laughs> Bitch, like, if your friendship, if the if what you bring to the table can be replaced by a computer, you're not it, babe. Right, like, no. you're really and not there you like, go. Community, like, like, who are you building community with? And, like, are you even in community with, like, the people that you consider to be your friends? Because, like, that's really important. Exactly. And a lot of people don't even think about that. And people don't. And people don't think mm-hmm. about that at all. And then you wonder why, like, you end up with, in fights with your friends you you wonder why you're realizing five years down the line that this friend Mm -hmm. is fraudulent that this is whatever Mm -hmm. it's because you didn't discern from the jump because like Mm -hmm. you know when this is a substantial friendship and you know when it's not it's a matter of being honest with yourself about it like at the beginning like we, we were saying i was saying like oh yeah i've only known phoebe for three years but it's felt like it's been so much longer meanwhile there's people that i've known for 10 years that i probably barely even know like it's just it's just about the content of the relationship it's not about any external factors it's not about how long you've been friends with them it's not about how good you look together in instagram it's not even about like how it's not about like how like how yeah how often you talk exactly that's a huge thing it's not about how often and if you anything talk. that should speak to your friendship because if you don't talk for a while and suddenly you're no longer close friends were you really ever friends right to begin because that with? person wasn't part you of that community part. to begin with yeah. that part exactly mm-hmm. there exactly. you go yeah. there you go exactly exactly yeah and i think that's like that ties yeah. into like being confident in yourself and like being introspective and recognizing your biases like how you how you move through life intentionally and that's difficult. I think it's it's really, mm-hmm. really difficult to try to live and make decisions intentionally because it's way easier just to sit back and, like, let things happen mm-hmm. to you. Um, let things happen mm-hmm. to yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. and, like, let people come to you or, exactly. like, let, like, certain things. But, like, the reality is you do have to be intentional about how you're living your life if you want to live your most authentic life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And like you said, it's not easy. It's not easy because that requires a lot of self-work. That requires a lot of introspection. That requires a lot of spending time with yourself, like away from people sometimes, away from like Mm -hmm. the other distractions of life to really refocus on, um, to really like think about what you want to focus on in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and not Ooh. everyone wants to do that because you'll be sitting in uncomfortable truth and not a lot of people want to do that a lot of people yeah a lot of people would rather be in like a false reality that maintains their comfort than like to find their truth but mm-hmm. like okay mm-hmm. this got me thinking about something that I feel like I think I've maybe talked about with both of you a lot about how like when you're a confident person or when you're like when you're that bitch basically like how like people will almost be more fraudulent to you right in terms of like Mm -hmm. trying to like this is gonna sound so bad but like trying to get you to like them literally like trying Mm -hmm. to get you to like and I feel like speaking to this like when you're an authentic person when you're a confident person when you're a bad bitch like you have a light to you and like people are very much so attracted to that and scared of that simultaneously that's where like the intimidation thing that i was talking about earlier but mm-hmm. also like dick mm-hmm. riding like there are a bunch of dick riders and so you have to be able to like and i feel like all three of us have definitely experienced this because i know i've talked about it with both of y'all at different times and so like how do you now discern between like this person wants to be my friend because we can actually form an authentic connection and this person wants to be my friend because they either think I'm cool or they think I'm funny or they want to live vicariously through me or they like think mm-hmm. that I have some sort oh, of social capital funny. or whatever, whatever, you know, because that's what happens to bad bitches, right? So like, mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on that. I think um, when someone comes off to me as like a people pleaser, that's an immediate like turn off mm-hmm. because you'll be talking Same. to someone and they'll say like, Same. oh, like, I like this and this and you and you could say like oh okay like I'm not really a fan and they're like oh well, well I don't like it that much I'm like you just oh said you like it so I was like why why are you trying to impress me who am I to you why do you care so much about me I mean like <laughs> thank you and I know but also like exactly why do you act yeah. like that <laughs> no I totally I totally feel that because that just means you're not being your authentic self. It goes back to that. Exactly. Exactly. Like, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. Fall right? for anything. So, like, yeah. So that just tells me that you don't really have like solid values, or exactly. like you don't know yourself, and it's honestly embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, it is embarrassing. <laughs> this is going to like I think make me <laughs> sound a little bit stupid, but I. This is a very specific example of like just phoniness that like automatically once it's detected like I can't but I was I just thinking about how I can't see it um just thinking about how like I I don't consider myself as someone who like does a lot of drugs but I like know my way around a decent amount and I feel like oh, I have people who come up to me dude, that's a good who one. like that's a good because one. they perceive me one. as someone who like like I don't know like does. as a drug yeah, as a yes. drug <laughs> you say how it is like try to come up to me and like talk to me about these things and like are just really just showing their ass like I have tons of friends who don't do any drugs I have tons of friends who like stay completely sober and it's not obviously an issue or a problem at all and I just will have certain people like like within like the first first time or first couple times of meeting me or just like because they perceive me to be a certain way like try to have these discussions with me or be like oh like I'm trying to get all these drugs blah 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 all this stuff and like it, or they'll be like, I did um, XYZ drug and it was fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. Or, or like, like, did like, I ask? Did I ask? Did I ask? Right. And then like certain things where it just like, I don't know, like it like is very phony. Like it's like it's different when someone like is real about it and when something is like phony. It just, like it's not coming up naturally or like yeah. And I'm just like like not to come across as someone who's like trying to like gatekeep. Like I'm not trying to like gatekeep like anything or like be like oh like so and so like yeah it's it's not like it's not like oh like 
so-and-so like doesn't do a lot of drugs or like they don't know what they're talking about or like they're not a real like blah 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 like it's just like some people come across like some people are uh-huh. just being really inauthentic when they talk to other people about these like, and you can tell i think it's very similar to what people also do it to me sometimes with politics people assume that because like and this goes back to what phoebe was saying that like we're multifaceted people and like people don't really oftentimes have like a full understanding of our full being from just our curated internet selves but like um people I think will sometimes think that I'm like that all I talk about is politics and like I'm just like a very like whatever and I completely understand how you would have that perception but it's just funny that it it just like it kind of illuminates like the reals versus the fake really easily because like then people start to give you Mm -hmm. what you think they want to hear and you 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 Mm -hmm. peep it faster because they're wrong Mm -hmm. at that the same thing with drugs like dude like phoebe we would talk about this like people would like people would be like oh yeah like last week i did this like crazy thing crazy thing it doesn't like change your perception it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't like make you seem cooler to me and that's actually a thing that i want to say about discernment whenever someone is trying to sell you an idea of them sell you a perception of them that is cause for question exactly like, that no, that's, exactly, that's exactly flags. what it like, is like why are you trying to tell me who you are shouldn't your actions speak for themselves exactly like what are you trying to prove and to whom mm-hmm. To whom? To whom? <laughs> That's the biggest thing. I mean, everything stems back to capitalism. Mm-hmm. Everything loses its authenticity. Like even exactly. even people it lose their authenticity. It completely blurs what's real and what's fake. Yeah, that, completely. Like... Everything is just run by capital. Like mm-hmm. money, money dictates mm-hmm. everything about how we experience life, what kind of content we see, the choices that we make, the preferences mm-hmm. that we have, like the spaces that we occupy. Totally. We talked about when people are inauthentic in in, in people pleaser ways or in ways that are trying to like appeal to us, like whatever. But like just in general, how exactly like what are some of the ways or what are some of the telltale signs of like this person's a phony, this person's a fraud? People who aren't okay with just being still. Mm. Like people who are constantly on the go, who always feel the need to to be doing something. Pause. Yeah, that didn't I mean, sound I think, good. So you, yeah, you guys help me. Well, out. I get what you're saying, and correct me. No, I, I completely get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like but this kind ahead. of ties into that, but I feel like it's kind of just caring too much what other people think, yeah. and like living yes, your life exactly. too much for other people, and like. I want to like qualify that a little bit because it is I think it is really important to care what other people think because we don't live in society as individual people mm-hmm. but like it's important period, period like fact. it's important what your community thinks about you and people that you're in community with and people that like and people you're accountable to you're accountable mm-hmm. to right it's important what they think and it's important to take into like opinion take into account their opinions but beyond that, people who care too much about what the general public thinks, I think that's because you grew up in this like social media age. Like everyone cares mm-hmm. about it a little bit too much, and mm-hmm. I think that also kind of breeds all this like, I mean, all the social media activism that we've seen over the past year that like literally is nothing like the because the performativeness because people are scared virtue signaling mm-hmm. virtue signaling and people just don't want to they don't want to seem like they're on the wrong side, but right. the reality of like life is that you will always be on the wrong side to someone. So you need to right. be grounded in your own self and like in grounded you in are. your in your own morals because right. like right. I mean you're you're, you're not pleasing anyone besides like other people who are trying to please other people when you like post a black square on Instagram. <laughs> not or, the like, black square. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, not the fucking Literally. black square or like when Don't you make even. some like when you repost some like infographic that you don't truly understand but Mm -hmm. you just like want to be like Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not being quiet i'm like being politically whatever even though you're not like that's not what you were being like you're not living life radically exactly like you're not living a radical life like you're not grounded in whatever like truth you think and you can tell or we can tell or authentic people can tell like actual radical people can tell the only person you're fooling are the dummies just like you exactly Mm. but i mean i guess that's who they're in community with right Dummies. And because, like, I really think that in, it's it's impossible to build community around inauthenticity. I really don't think those people like have. Yeah, community. it's not community. I think it's like it's hive mind. It's just hive like, mind. Hive yeah. mind. Yeah. yeah, it's just like this hive mind of people who are like, well, clearly you're problematic if you didn't say something about this. When that clearly, like, you don't care about black people if you don't post a black square. 
right exactly (laughs) and it's i mean it all stems back to like the system tricking people into thinking like certain things are radical when they're not and tricking people into believing that certain ways are like the right ways and certain things are cool when Mm -hmm. they're not certain things have Mm -hmm. social capital when it's Mm -hmm. like we're trying to end capital, bitch. Like some of us are yeah, trying no, to see it's, the it's end all, of ca- like, it's all linked back like, to capital. It's literally it all really, linked back. Everything ties back to capitalism. It, literally, it does. Because yeah. the political is personal. The personal is political. There's no separation of such. And I think like what Aussie was saying, like about like not being able um, to be still. Yeah, not being able to be still. When your go 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 is like you're running away from demons or you're running away from right. your true self because you can tell. You know what I mean? When someone like needs to be on the go in order mm-hmm. to avoid sitting with themselves. You know the people that it's like what you said like can't be silent the people that can't like, say what is so what is so bad about your own thoughts and if they are bad you should really really question that and you should look into that because people can see that i have a really hot take theory i lay it I think on i've it. told you this austin already is that like it's related to drugs like i think that people that okay like what disclaimer should I say so people don't get mad at me? Actually, I don't give a fuck. I think that people <laughs> that don't like weed for no physiological reasons, for no like tra- tra- traumatic reasons, for no whatever, are people that mm-hmm. are afraid of their inner thoughts. Like, that's what I really feel. Mm, hot take. Hot take. It is a really hot take. I actually talked to a friend about this and she was saying like, oh, I don't like weed because I don't like not being in control of my thoughts. But it's like, but you but those are your thoughts and you need to listen to them and you being afraid of your own thoughts is like you're telling me something without saying something you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like i'm not talking about like if you have asthma i'm not talking about like like i said non-physiological things i'm not talking about like if you threw up the last time and now you have ptsd non non-trauma thing non-emotional mm-hmm. whatever but like people mm-hmm. that are like oh yeah mm-hmm. like i did it once and i just like didn't like it like i really that's what i really think that's what i really think and nobody has proven me otherwise. I'm right. just trying to and think. That, and I'm not saying they're bad people because, like, I, I, I'm friends with people that were like, oh, yeah, I smoked weed. It was too much. I didn't like it. I'm not saying they're bad people. No, it, it's, I'm it's just saying the reality of the yes. situation it's is. It's how comfortable like, you are with yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel that. I mean, like, I'm trying to think, like, I mean, over the years, I've, like, smoked a lot of weed. And I have had, like, I have had experiences where, like, I have, like, just, like, taken an edible or done something. And I've been, like, really, really anxious or, like, really, really something. And that's, that's like, what specifically, I'm saying. Like, it's different that's... than, like, but for people, but I'm trying to think, like, when it's not a one time, because I think everyone who, like, smoked a lot or, like, you know, has had, like, mm-hmm. an anxiety inducing experience. At least one yeah, bad or, or whatever. Had, had, yeah. It's been, like, too high and it's, like, too much and, you, like, you can't handle it. And, like, you just, like, your your body feels weird. But it, it is kind of physiological. It's not just, like, a. Me- the big reason, like, to, as to why I say this and, and, um, it's honestly using myself, like, over the years, as my mental state has, like, changed and I've, like, grown into myself, I can point out differences in the way that, like, I've navigated weed. Yeah. Like, I've, 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 weed has affected me or, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I can think back to times where I was, like, oh, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break. And it wasn't even, like, a tolerance break. It was literally, like, a, like... I'm not in a good state right now. Like, yeah. I can't. No, I right think you're now. so and right. Obviously, I wasn't saying that to myself. I wasn't saying that to myself. And I wasn't conscious of that. But then when I look back later and I'm like, okay, I can smoke again. Like, why now? Because I feel better yeah. about myself. Because I feel like yeah. good again. And I, and I like, think about this sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I've done this kind of like, unco- like subconsciously is like when certain friends like will ask me, like, oh, like, like should I like like for like for like psychedelics or like harder drugs or things like acid or shrooms or things like that like if I'm talking to a friend and I'm like oh I think like you would really like acid or like I think you wouldn't really like acid a lot of it is based on like my perception of how authentically they live exactly exactly I do the same thing and it's not conscious conscious. I just I I only Mm -hmm. just realized that now that you like mentioned this but I also want to say like on the flip side I think there are people who, like, have a lot of self-introspection to do and can't confront themselves, who also will then turn to drugs as, like, a crutch for not confronting, as an escape escape for not confronting. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, like, every single inauthentic person doesn't like weed. I'm just saying that, like, people that don't like weed, bearing all the disclaimers, 
are usually inauthentic. And 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 I think the reason, honestly, that it's even such a hot take is because people take being inauthentic or someone saying that you're inauthentic as like a like this mm-hmm. or something like that or An like attack, a, yeah. that's not the right word I'm trying to think of, but like as if it's like a bad thing more than it's just like a description thing. And, like, maybe, like, with me and my value systems and what I value, I don't really, like, prefer, like, inauthenticity. But there are a lot of bitches that don't want you to be authentic. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of places and spaces in which inauth- inauthenticity thrives. I mean, the academy, code switching. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Like, so it's not, it's just a description. Yeah. It's literally just a description. It is what it is. And, like, that's how I really feel. That's my hot take, honestly, on weed. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I was talking to, I mean, this is, like, a similar hot take because I was talking to one of my other friends recently. And I, like, said, I was, like, I really don't know if, like, I could be really, really, really good friends with someone who, like, doesn't like weed at all. And, like, <laughs> I think at the time I was, like, I was, like, I'm not sure why, but I think it stems it's not actually that I can't be friends with someone who doesn't like weed because I have tons of friends who don't love weed. It's the it's the authenticity. It's that because I was like at the time I was like it's not really. I was like it's the... I don't care about what you want to consume. I literally don't no. give a fuck. It doesn't affect but it's me. Just like, but certain, it's like yeah, exactly. It just like there's a the certain vibe, like... type of it's the vibe. It's the vibe. I was like it's not really about like whether or not you actually like do ex- like do what i substance. do or that i want yeah. you to do what i do it, like, and mm-hmm. i don't care at all like i have tons mm-hmm. of friends who don't i have tons of friends who do whatever it's more about like the vibe and how you approach your life and like mm-hmm. how you approach yourself mm-hmm. yeah that, that's totally what it is that's totally, it totally what it is. Is. so smart olivia i know <laughs> and then don't even get me started on like psychedelics and stuff like that. oh yeah that's like absolutely you know what worse. and also like We've never done psychedelics. Like, this is all allegedly. We've never done them. No. Like, this is just alleged. This is just, like, what we... From- <laughs> we've honestly never really ever even smoked weed. Like, this is just, like, We're- what we think it would be yes, like. from what we've heard. Yeah. From what we've heard. <laughs> like, from what we've heard yes. from other people. Right. It's just allegedly. We, we read a lot about it. We read a lot. Right. Exactly. We read a lot. Watch TV shows. Music. <laughs> Watch <laughs> TV shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we can end with talking about like just talking about how you live your authentic self. Like how do you how do you live your authentic self like in your day to, in your day-to-day life and we can end on that note. Okay. I just think for me in terms of living authentically day-to-day it really I mean it's as simple and as complicated as just like being grounded in who you are. That's like literally it. It's just like not leaning into your insecurities and recognizing when you have reactions that are reactionary for me i think as as like cheesy and corny and i don't care if it sounds stupid as you know corny as it might be like really just do what makes you happy but i really just go about my days by like what i want to do and i do what i want to do on my own time on my own schedule and again just like doing what serves me but also making sure that whatever I think is serving me isn't harming other people, isn't getting in the way of other people, like isn't, you know, isn't messing with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think like on that point, like when you understand yourself and when you serve yourself, like you only only a only a full person can be like a contributing member to their community. Only like a like you can't give from an empty glass is like what they always say. And so, like, that's, like, important to know. Like, it isn't, it, it, it's not to promote yeah. toxic individualism. It's actually for the betterment of your community, for the betterment of people around you, that you choose yourself, you know, that you choose whatever. Because what good does it, what good does it do your community to be there a fake bitch? What yeah. good does that do yeah. to the people around you? No, you're so right. For me, I think, like, yeah. one way I choose to be authentic is honestly never shutting up. Like, I will never shut up till the mm. day that I die. And I'm always going to speak mm-hmm. my truth and, like, I'm always going to just, like, say how it is. And and I really think that's, like, <laughs> important to me for in, for um, in terms of living my authentic self because, for me, that's how I express myself. Every, every person doesn't express themselves via talking. For me, I do. So I'm not going to let that, like, be, like, watered down or tainted or bastardized by any sort of entity, honestly. Yeah. I think this I is a really myself. difficult question because I think – like it I'm is. sure as as you two feel also like I don't mm-hmm. necessarily feel like like I feel like um 
like being secure in myself and being grounded in myself although obviously it's been like a journey and I'm like I still have a lot more growth to do Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. is something that like I haven't necessarily had to think super 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 hard about Mm -hmm. or like reflect in terms of day to day to day right like obviously I do a lot of like introspection like on a in a general and like a like Like on like a yeah, but, like, mm-hmm, it's not something not when like... I'm, like, going through my life, I need to check myself constantly. It's something mm-hmm. that comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's tricky, but I think the biggest thing for me probably is really surrounding myself with people that I genuinely like and mm-hmm. not and, – and being really intentional about friendships and being really intentional mm-hmm. about people that I'm, like, yeah, that I'm in community with, being really intentional about that and then not really caring about, like, what other people exactly and especially after like like living in such strange times like it's almost like you're only seeing the people you really really want to see you know what I mean and exactly exactly that Phoebe <laughs> and I think for some people like I think like I can come across as like oh like I like don't like a lot of people or like I judge people really really right. fast and I and I do acknowledge that that is one of my shortcomings is like I do tend to judge people really fast mm-hmm. but also like the flip side of that is like I really don't surround myself with people who I don't genuinely intentionally right, enjoy right. and like. I feel like sometimes I come across as like stuck mm. up. Because the thing is exactly. like you like yourself. Exactly. You like yourself. So why would you so why would you now be in the presence of another bitch that exactly. is Exactly. Like, like sim- simply put, I'd rather simply be alone. Put, protect your energy. Like, like that's it. That I think I think that's exactly how I protect live your energy. My most authentic life, like yes, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Protect your energy, and like I don't care protect if I come energy. off like stuck up because I don't want to hang out with like so and so. If I don't like them, why would I? Why would I pretend? Why would I waste my time? Why would I no, put my energy like? And if you don't like them, the fuck does their perception of you even matter? Exactly. So, no, it like, doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't. So like, like you can say I'm stuck up, but. I'll be living good over here. So take care of yourself. Like, girl. Y'all be easy. <laughs> y'all be yeah. Easy. That's that's such a good summarization. Just protect. You have to protect your energy, and that's literally mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank y'all so much. No, really, thank y'all so much for this conversation. Like, well, thank you for inviting <laughs> us because this is fun. Of course. <laughs> um if you guys um if people want to like hear from you further or connect with you whatever do you guys like want to share anything yeah i can i can go i I guess i'm on twitter and i'm on instagram um my twitter handle is f-e-e-b-e-e-l with three e's so f two e's b two e's l three e's um that's probably the best place to find me i'm also on instagram p-l-i-436 for me I do not wish to be contacted. And that's valid. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. This was so much fun, Olivia. And remember, everything, everything we said is a legend. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for watching till the end of the episode. If you want to tap into more conversations like this one and begin to learn the text, materials, and sources that informed a lot of this conversation today, definitely join my Patreon as we debrief and elaborate further on all the topics discussed in this episode. If you enjoyed the guest, definitely go check out their social media and support them. Enjoy the rest of the series, and as always, feel free to DM me and let me know your thoughts on anything we've discussed at We Said Allegedly on all social media. I'll talk to y'all season two. Peace out, friends.